Greetings and welcome to the Brattlecast, a first-hand look at second-hand books and so much more. I'm Jordan Rich, and I'm always just thrilled and honored to be here with my friend Ken Gloss of the Brattle Bookshop in Boston, located on West Street, number 9 West Street in Boston. And it's a beautiful old structure that people love with books outside and in. And uh, go to brattlebookshop.com. Today, well, we talk about a name that is internationally recognized as one of the great writers and thinkers of all time, Walt Whitman. He, uh, We've actually in the last month had a couple of interesting calls and going out to estates or people or moving of Walt Whitman. And there's been a couple that just have been very, very interesting. Uh, about a month, month and a half ago, I had a lady call me on the phone uh, that she had some Walt Whitman books. They weren't her area of study. And I'll get into a little bit about uh, going down and visiting her and her area of study. But she said, you know, I need a new air conditioning system in my house. Uh, do we think, do you think that the things that she had mentioned, one was a first edition of Leaves of Grass. And I said, well, unless you're living in a mansion, probably you can get a new air conditioning system. <laughs> and uh, she lived in Connecticut, and we made an appointment. We went down, and uh, nice house, not what I would call a mansion, not a small house, but not a mansion. And uh, it turns out her husband had collected American literature and particularly liked Walt Whitman and years and years ago had bought a first edition of Leaves of Grass. It was a slight variant, slight, a little bit later than the actual very, very first uh, first edition, but it was still worth in the tens of thousands of dollars. And then a few other Walt Whitman, a second edition, which is still a valuable book, and went to her house and was talking with her and and you sort of a lot of times when you go to someone's house, you talk and 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 you get to know each other, and then you start negotiating. And uh, some of that we had done on the phone ahead of time, and we came to a price, and she was happy, uh, and she said these were really my husband's things. I was into the Beats. She was into Jack Kerouac, uh, uh. Allen Ginsberg. So they obviously had a family that were. Varying in their literature, very eclectic. Yes, and, and not only that, beyond that, you never know the story you're going to get. And she was, I'm going to talk about Walt Whitman, and she's telling about one time being down on Cape Cod with Jack uh, Kerouac and his mother, uh, and uh, and doing some work for them. So <clears throat> you start out with Walt Whitman, you you go to that, and then the next thing she show, showed me is. She had lived in Sweden for a time, and she had a whole collection of Swedish cutting boards that are 50, 60 years old. Mm. They were beautiful folk art. So you walk into a house. You're expecting to see Walt Whitman. You, there, it has great Walt Whitman, but then you're seeing Swedish cutting boards as art. You're talking about the beats and On the Road and Jack Kerouac, and she was thrilled. We end up buying the books. She was all set to start dealing with contractors uh, and uh, for her air conditioning. I was all set to call some clients who I thought would like the books. And fortunately, we did find someone who was interested in a couple of them. Uh, but 
Walt Whitman in Leaves of Grass is one of the absolute great classics of American literature, American poetry. It was first done in the 1850s. And then Walt, the interesting part about the Leaves of Grass is when you get to the second edition, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, they're not the same. Walt Whitman added to, changed, edited every edition that came out. He made corrections, changes, additions. So if you're really collecting leaves of grass, you're, you need all of the editions. Mm. So it makes, it makes a collection there. Uh, he was also a, you know, a, a great poet in, on many fields. But two or three weeks later after this one, I get called actually another person in Connecticut – and he said, well, I have some books. Uh, I'm, I'm getting older. Maybe it's time that I can let some of them go. I'm going to keep some. And he described two editions of – one was Leaves of Grass. One was another book. He said the condition is not so good. The bind, if, mm. As I'm showing the audience here – Well, this, I'm the audience and I'll the, relay the fact, yes, the binding is the very – The spines are gone. Gone, yeah. And he said, well, but, you know, they're – early editions, and he said, they're both signed. And um, mm. Whitman signed books. He, he did do that. And, but that got my interest, to say the least. And one of the nice parts about it is you look at the copy of Leaves of Grass and mm-hmm. on the title page from the 1870s is Walt Whitman. What a what and, a classic signature too. And, and that's and that's print not printed. That's he actually wrote right. that in. Wow. And then I had another book that they said was it's two rivulets uh, done in the eighteen seventies. It's called the Authorized Edition. And I knew in this one the signature. What Walt Whitman did is put a photograph of himself in it. Like you get many books, you get the engraving, mm-hmm. the picture. But then he signed the photograph, uh, 1880, 1881. And what what Whitman did uh, with a lot of these books was he sold a lot of them himself. He self-published a few of them and so on. He was trying to get more royalties. He was trying to get it. So... That's one interesting part about these. It's two great books. I, one of the reasons that the condition didn't bother me that much was especially on the one with the photograph. The photograph in and of itself is fairly valuable. Even if it's removed from the book, it's a signed photograph of Walt Whitman, and people collect those. But what turned out even more interesting is the, the person who bought these books had sent – Walt Whitman, a letter explaining that he had met Whitman at one time, uh, and it was an artist, and the artist's name is Vetter, V-E-D-D-E-R. He illustrated books, uh, particularly the Rubiata of Omakayam, but he has paintings in the Museum of Fine Arts, in the Brooklyn Art Museum. He was a well-known painter, Mm. and he had sent a note that Whitman must have sent back with the books saying how... He had met Whitman in what time, how oh. he appreciated, how, uh, and that he enclosed his $10. Uh, <laughs> uh, dear Mr. Whitman, and enclosed his $10 to send the book. So that 
So you have a famous artist, you know, not not as well-known as some, but well-known in the sure. circle. Yeah. And then when Whitman sent it back, he sent back the original note, but he also sent a note to him, all oh, written out. I'm, and, I'm holding a note that Walt Whitman <laughs> penned. And, and he's saying, when you get this, could you please let me know that you've actually received it? So not only did I get two books of Walt Whitman, Leaves of Grass, and another book signed by Whitman, uh, I got a note of Whitman sending the books, and it's associated <coughs> with a fairly well-known artist. And what's even better is the artist put his book plate in it. Oh, so you yes. know that these are the these are the two copies that the notes and the letters are talking about. Someone else made some notes about for the editions and what they oh, are and wow. so it's uh, it's really you know you get things like that and you realize Walt Whitman touched this book. Walt Whitman sent this note and and you get calls, but at the same time you're talking about Walt Whitman, you're off with Jack Kerouac on yeah. the road. So what what is this value at, at this point? At, at this point, it's probably in about the $5,000 range, mm. somewhere in that ballpark. It might be a little bit more. Uh, one of the things that we have to do is do a lot of – we might do some repair work on this. And if we do that, it will put more money in, but it will probably raise the price somewhat. Uh, I was going to ask you about that. You know, when we hear about art restoration, you know, oils and so forth, that's uh, that's always impressive. But uh, do you have a, a my a general po- my general policy is do the least amount you possibly can. I don't even know if I'm going to do anything with this. And also, one of the things that I these came in just a few days ago, and when I'm saying a price. Usually I let it ruminate for a while mm. and I show it to my managers and usually they say, no, you got to it's, – it's a little higher. The, the One of the things with this, if I sold the books individually, they probably would get more or because they're all related in all of the notes and lettering, that might add value more than the individual values. So we're still sort of sitting back. Maybe, maybe it might be – a, a little higher. And, and usually when I get something in good, uh, unless I've bought it for a specific person at a specific price, usually I'd let it sit for a week or so and I go up and down and around. And also it depends on how business is doing. If uh, if it's been slow, I might say, yeah, I want to turn this over fast. If it's been really good, I might say, well, gee, you know, you're never going to see something like this again. We can, you know, we might have a customer that we can wait on a while and get, get I, a little more. My only comment is, is again, I'm awe-inspired, and I want to say this. In a world where everything is disposable, it is so just gratifying to know that some people all over who are listening to us are probably saving tre- treasures and gems in their attics or basements or lockers somewhere, and this stuff still exists. It still exists. Fantastic. And, uh, it still exists, and one of the things when you think about a used bookstore, we're green. Everything is recycled. <laughs> Absolutely everything we deal with Absolutely. is recycled. But Walt Whitman is one of the great uh, authors. Yeah. The, having this package <coughs> relating to this artist 
is good. We're going to think about it a little while, but it also reminds me of one of the if people sometimes ask me, because I do the Antiques Roadshow, I've been doing it for 20 years, and things come in and they go, is there anything that you've appraised on the show that really stands out or sometimes higher priced or whatever? And one of the appraisals I did for the Antiques Roadshow was a number of years ago. Uh, I actually don't even remember which city it was. But when you're doing, other than in COVID times, when you do an Antiques Roadshow, what happens is... You appraise from about 7.30 in the morning, sometimes to 8 at night. They don't pay anything. The appraisers pay their own airfare, Hmm. own hotels, own meals, but it's public television and you're getting great uh, airtime. But there's no guarantee you're going to get on the air Hmm. because if someone doesn't come in with something interesting that you can pitch to a producer to get on TV, so you want to get on TV. A person at this show came in and they had an old box, uh, you know, a very beautifully hand-painted wooden box that someone had made, and it went to the folk art table. And folk art thought it was nice, but it wasn't nice enough for a TV appearance. But when the person opened the box, at the bottom of the box was a letter. And the folk art person said, well, let me see what the letter is. And it was a Civil War letter, you know, a letter. And he said, well, he brought it over to me and said, why don't you take a look at this letter and, and you know, see what you think of it. Uh, and it wasn't obvious what it was. It was a soldier. He was in a hospital in Washington. He had dysentery, diarrhea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he had obviously been there a while. And he was writing home and, you know, just sort of. I, you know, I've been in the hospital a while. I love getting letters from home. Can you please write more? I really enjoy it. And, and you know, I, I'm getting better and so on. Now, unfortunately, he ended up, he died two or three weeks later. Mm. You know, when you're in a hospital during the Civil War, even in the Washington, uh, you know, the hospitals were, people died uh, mm. without the antibiotics, without the infect. In any case, but it, it's sort of this touching but sort of unsentiment you know sentimental touching letter and in your reading it's it's well written out and you get to the very very end of the letter you turn it over and it's a little note at the very bottom said written by his friend Walt Whitman <laughs> Walt Whitman volunteered in, in the, as nursing in the hospitals during the Civil War. I think I remember hearing about that. Yeah, yeah. His, his, brother, his brother had been in the war, and when Whitman went, he had been injured. When, when Whitman, I think, went down to Fredericksburg, saw all the devastation, all the hurt people, he volunteered. And one of the things he volunteered to do was write letters. And what he did was either if the person was illiterate, he would write out the letter, or if they were too sick or injured to be able to write, he would write out the letters. And these letters are incredibly valuable and rare because on something like this, this artist that I was talking about was writing to Whitman to ask for buying books. He got a note from Whitman. He knew Whitman. You get a note from Whitman at that time for the people who knew and knew Leaves of Grass— you save it. You know that he's important on, like you would a modern author nowadays. But these were letters going home from soldiers being sent from the hospital, probably 
most of the people who got these letters had no idea who his friend Walt Whitman was. And therefore, they were saved because they were personal items, but they weren't saved because a famous writer was writing them. And there are only a handful of these letters that are known to still exist because probably a lot of them got put in attics, forgotten about, mm. lost. And and so, you know, but you get to touch and hold something like that. And not only do you feel the joy of holding something that Walt Whitman did and what he was doing, but sort of the sorrow of war that you know that this soldier was injured. Well, you didn't even know if he was injured, but he got sick out there and more died from sickness. Yes. And, and, and you're also realizing that war is a tragedy. And, and there's so much power in that signature, Walt Whitman's signature, and of course in his writing, his physical writing, whatever he was writing, it's so powerful because it's alive. It feels alive. Yeah, well, and when he was writing about Lincoln's assassination. Oh, Captain, when, my Captain. Exactly. Yeah. And so you, in a little couple of calls, you're dealing with Whitman. You're dealing with an artist. You're dealing with Jack Kerouac. You're dealing with Swedish boy. That's one of the joys of the business. It's not only to be able to hold like I'm doing right now, and touch these things. And it still is a thrill. I do this all the time. It's a thrill. And you have books and, and you know, you might, if you didn't know what it was, you'd look at these and say, oh, they're just chunky old books. Far but from it. They're far from it. But that's one of the joys of what I do. Well, that's why the Brattlecast uh, is such a popular podcast and people everywhere who uh, listen uh, may be curious about certain things in their own attics or in their own experiences. That's why it's good to uh, write to Ken. Uh, you can do so through the website, brattlebookshop.com. And, and often, as we've mentioned, we bring up topics that people have asked about. And, and people or people send pictures of their books, and we try in almost all the cases to give them at least an idea of value. Mm. And we do that all day long. And, and most of them are... Boy, this is nice. Enjoy it. Have fun with it. And what's the and what's every, that line? And, and, Wait a minute, what's the famous line that well, your dad and, had? And, and, and bring it to us in a hundred years, and we'll give you a thousand dollars. Love it. Uh, and but uh, but every once in a while, someone sends a picture of something signed by Walt Whitman. Very, very cool. And I hope you guys enjoyed it as much as I did. I know you did. Uh, Ken, thank you. We'll see you next time on the Brattlecast. And I've got some gambling books to deal with. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to it. <laughs> I, I hope my addictive nature won't uh, take over. See you next time. Thank you. Thank you.